Welcome everybody to Rewind in the Middle of Your Home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What's going on? Oh, not much. Busy, busy week as we were just talking about. We had the, in the sim world, the new, uh, the new dirt track refresh launched and it's been, I've been up to my eyeballs in dirt sim racing all week long, along with, of course, you know, a ton of hours in the glass business. So no, uh, no, no rest for the wicked <laughs> as usual. Here. Yeah. Pretty much the same old, same old. So, so yeah, but got a bunch of racing stuff to cover. Indiana midget week is underway, which is awesome. Um, I, I really don't think there's a whole lot uh, there's just not anything. There's not a lot of stuff that's better than Midget Week. Um, yeah, it's just it's awesome. I I love it. I love I would, it. So, I would put Midget Week and Indiana Sprint Week up against yes, the, yeah. uh, the May Racing as far as the Coke Six Hundred, the Indy Five Hundred, mm-hmm. and that stuff. I would I would yeah. put it up against that. Yeah, I I love it. I mean, obviously, when you have something like you know, which is also go just started last night, the late model dream. That's huge. You know, uh, four crown, Kings Royal, Knoxville Nationals. Like those are all huge. But I mean, there's just something about when you've got midget week and sprint week where it's just it's every night. You know what I mean? And it's a different track, and it's this little mini series. You know points within the entire season long so it's just it's really cool man it's i've always wanted to go back and like follow it for you know just literally be on the road and go into every single racetrack that's always been on my bucket list of things to do um i wanted to do it as a mechanic and crew chief but i obviously never never made never made it back there but yeah maybe Maybe one day, maybe one day when I'm rich, I'll have a car and I'll find a driver and we can go hit the road. So, yeah. Yeah, that that's part of my bucket list. Too. Yeah. Like, if I was to ever really hit the lottery to go buy an RV. And yes. Because yep. I think it's like seven, seven different nights of racing. Yeah. And sprint cars mm-hmm. and just go to each place. Yeah. That's it's like seven. It's like seven races over eight nights or something like they've got like they race like two or three and then it's one night off and then it's just like five straight days <laughs> it's yeah it's awesome so got to cover that like we said late model dream also going on uh nascar was at gateway got some stuff to cover there as well um and then we've got our nascar pick them and we've got a really really cool ask three wide question uh sent in by todd um and it's going to spark an interesting conversation because I got to admit, um, I, I hadn't thought of this. I'd never thought about making this kind of comparison or having this kind of uh, debate over a couple of drivers. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting, especially when we uh, dive into it, Keith, because it's somebody you hold near and dear to the heart. So we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But first. We got we got to cover Gateway this last week. Um, Keith, did you get to actually see the race? I did, and it was, it was pretty good. It was okay. Um, a little too much shifting for me. Yes, but... me too. We'll we'll dive into that here in just a minute with the hit or miss. But yeah, it it, it was okay. Um, I I give Gateway a lot of credit. Um, you know they've had this race now for a couple years. Um, this is what second or third year that they've done it. 
Um, it sold out again. Um, it's obviously a very unique track. Uh, I do. It's hard to say, you know, I, I heard from from drivers where they were like, look, it would be cool if we ran the short track package here. But then I've also heard from cup drivers that have said, no, we need the intermediate package because we need to be able to suck up on the car. So I, you know, I, I would like to see a, you know, obviously NASCAR, you would have to test this, but I would love to see what it would be like one versus the other. Um, I do think that there is still some tire issues that we NASCAR needs to look at taking care of, um, which, you know, we'll dive into those those questions here in just a few minutes with the hit or miss because yeah, it's uh it's it's just yeah, it's just different. It's very, very different. But um before we get into the NASCAR stuff and the uh hit or miss, um I gotta I gotta cover the race that we had this last weekend in the F1 world with Formula One. Um, it, I should, that, that was kind of redundant in the F1 world with formula one, yeah, F1 stands for formula one, uh, the race, uh, the Spanish grand prix at the circuit de Barcelona, I think it's pronounced Catalina or Luna or something. I don't know. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Um, and of course Verstappen gets the win, which is not a shock. He won by 24 seconds. That's literally like the average margin of victory for the Red Bull cars this this year so far when they win. They win by at least 20 seconds or something. It's insane. What was interesting was Mercedes grabbing the second and third spot, and they had an update to the car, and we've seen a big improvement. Now, the thing that I want to cover today is... There was a lot of uh there was a lot of news that had come out after Monaco when you had these cars crashing and then they were being hoisted up by a crane and you could see the underbody of these cars and when the Red Bull car was in the air and when you looked at their floor compared to the other floors it was like comparing a stealth bomber to a crop duster. Okay, that that's the difference that we were seeing. It was massive. There's a guy on uh Twitter, I cannot remember his name. Um if you search if you just do a Google search it'll come up, but he actually does like an in-depth breakdown of these floors and it's really really good. Um because the Red Bull floor is just different and we've talked about it with the NASCAR Cup Series cars where these these floors, these, you know, diffusers, these underwings, you know, they're, they're, all those terms are used interchangeably with them. Um, how big of a deal the downforce of these cars are when you're talking about the underbody downforce, when these cars are generating as much downforce as they are underneath the car it's a big deal and in formula one downforce is everything we think downforce is important with the cup car it's nothing compared to formula one everything they do it is to package that car improve the downforce improve the aero grip it, it that everything is about downforce and we saw mercedes have a big boost in their performance after this update. Now, a lot of people are tying that directly to them. Everybody's seeing Red Bull's floor 
Keep in mind, these updates are in development for weeks, months, okay? It's not like Mercedes saw the underneath of Red Bull's car and they're like, hey, that's what we're going to do. And then they just changed everything, right? They're, they put sim time in, wind tunnel time. Um, they're doing CFD. There's a lot of work and development that goes into this. So a lot of people are saying, oh, Mercedes is now running what Red Bull's running and they're going to catch them. I don't think that's the case. I think they had been working on this for a while. Total Wolf had come out and said that they had an update plan and that they'd been working on it and it wasn't going to fix everything, but it's made them more competitive. And I think what we're seeing right now is we're seeing what we saw a couple years ago. Red Bull is head and shoulders better than everybody else. And everybody else led by Mercedes is trying to catch them. It used to be Mercedes was head and shoulders better than everybody else. And Red Bull was leading that charge trying to catch them. And now those roles are reversed. And it's going to be interesting to see if Mercedes can actually catch them by the end of the year. I don't know if they'll be able to catch And When I say catch them, keep in mind, I mean win races. The championship is Red Bulls to lose. They're going to need massive mechanical failures for anybody to come close to them. They're dominating at such a high level right now. It's not even funny. But I do think we can see uh, Mercedes start to really challenge for wins and, you know, consistent podiums. Um, Verstappen has got a massive massive lead in the championship he's winning by like 53 points which in red bull or in not red bull in f1 racing that's a lot um and then the constructors is just uh, it's it's ridiculous um red bull's dominating they've got like a 130 something point lead over mercedes it's it's like not even close so we'll see if mercedes can can uh Bring the fight to Red Bull here, uh, you know, over these summer months and into the the home stretch of the season. But it was nice to see um, them, you know, fighting for the podium, scoring second and third, and actually showing a challenge to at least one of the Red Bull drivers, uh, Checo um, Verstappen. He's on another level. So, yep, Keith, I know you don't watch the the F one stuff too much, so we can. Uh, we can take yeah. a quick break oh. and then uh, move on to your favorite part of the show, hit or miss. Perfect. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there. Uh, you know, do the old school, like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally use this stuff and it works incredible man whether it's their ceramic coating their wash their tire shine and it not only looks great but it's super easy to use i mean my 10 year old son was helping me use this stuff and we used it on my daughter's car and the car literally looked new and my daughter's 17 so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it so if you want to actually give your car a mirror like shine while in the process protecting it head over to produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today i can promise you you will love them 
All right, so it is now time for our hit or miss portion of the show. Uh, we've got just, I think we've only got like four things to cover. We've got a lot of stuff to cover on the dirt side of things today. So um, yeah, but four things to cover. And we are going to start off with Corey LaJoy. Uh, so Keith, Corey LaJoy's run after finishing 21st was not a disappointment at Gateway. Hit or miss the mark? Uh, I'm going to say it hits the mark. I'm, I'm, I mean, it was, but it wasn't at the same time. Because let's be honest, last year Chase Elliott struggled at this racetrack too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't really a surprise that they would... I pictured him running better, but on the other hand, it's a new, let's be honest, it's a new car to him. Yes. It's a new setup. It's, it's new terminology. It's a new team. It's a new crew, crew chief, engineer. It's all different. It's mm-hmm. all out of his element. And, and what helped me feel a little bit better about it was listening to Corey talk about his experience, just how the inside of the car was different than his. Yes. The, the kill switch is in a different location in his car than it is in Chase's car. Yep. Hence the reason why he lost a billion positions Sunday at the start is his hand hit the kill switch. So now Hendrick is moving all their kill switches out of arm arms reach when you're driving, um, which is great, which is good. But flip side, I'm I'm looking at the bigger picture for Corey. He got better sim time. He got more sim time. Um, yes. He learned a bunch of things that he could take to Spire for his seven team. Things that Hendrick takes serious and and let's say others don't. So I think all all in all, I think I think Corey will benefit from it. I think it'll make Corey and the seven team better. I and, I agree. I'm with and, you. And people's got to look past the whole wall. Carson Hosovar was out running him in his own car and da, 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 da. Yeah, that's so but, stupid. <laughs> and, and, and let's be real here. Corey doesn't have a bunch of laps at gateway. He blew up there last year on mm-hmm. lap 32. So yeah. Yeah. He had said that if there was one track that he did not want this to take place at, this was the track. Like, I mean, it, he got an awesome opportunity, you know, getting to work with, with the nine team this week. Um, you know, I, you guys, I've talked about it before. Normally I don't listen to any of the racing pods until after we record ours. I did listen to, to stack and pennies just because I wanted to make sure that I knew everything, all the circumstances with, with LaJoy's run before I commented on it. And, you know, he talked about it, you know, where he's like, look, that that team, when you go in there, it's palpable. I think he, the term he used where he's like, they, everybody there, it does not matter who it is. They have one goal in mind and it is to make race cars go as fast as possible around the track. Like that's, that's what they do. And he talked about, you know, the differences between Hendrick and Spire and, you know, the stuff that he learned and could take back. And, you know, it was interesting because and it just shows how important uh, something like qualifying and track position is, how hard it is to drive these cars. Keep in mind, Corey LaJoy finished 21st. Ross Chastain finished 22nd. Okay, Ross Chastain was leading the points, you know, coming into the weekend. So, and obviously we would not consider Chastain a scrub. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not like Hendrick was 
has been dominant at Gateway. I mean, even the nine car, they did not have the best run there last week. And the nine car has actually not been running as well over these last few weeks. You know, they've really, it shows the importance of consistency between the driver, the engineers and the crew chief, right? You've really got to have that because if you look at the nine car, what have they had this year? Chase was out for, you know, all those weeks where Josh Berry was in the car when he broke his leg then he comes back they're getting trying to get back on the same page and then he gets suspended for a race. So I think it shows a lot more about just how hard this is than it is, you know, to crap on Corey LaJoy. And those of you out there who are being who are out there saying, well, Hosvar, you know, was outrunning LaJoy and so he's better. You're an idiot. Shut up. Okay. Because if you want to go out there and just burn up, burn everything up for 30, 40 laps, like, okay, fine. You know, Hosevar was fast. He was doing good. He didn't finish, right? Like he didn't finish. Um, so like, let's look at the totality of the event, not just a 30 lap run. Anybody can go out there and be fast for 30 laps. Okay. So hundred percent. Yeah. So like, let's, let's calm down. Let's pump the brakes on that. Um, yes, what, what I'd like to have seen him get a better finish. Of course he would have liked to have seen that too. But when you look at what happened, right, his qualifying run, one little mistake with the shifting, he lost all of his momentum going into turn one there on that first lap that cost you a couple tenths. And right there, now you're back in the mid to low twenties, as opposed to the teens, which would have been a big, big difference for your starting position. And, and to be honest, I think the person that should be worried would be Ty Dillon. That's who should be worried. Yeah. He got outran by the seven car as usual, mm-hmm. but with a different driver. So if I'm Ty Dillon, I'm like, okay, he could replace me. He's not going to replace Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy isn't going anywhere next year unless if something big happens and he lands a big deal with the big yeah. team, which at this stage, I would say it's highly unlikely. I mean, I'm not going to throw it out the window completely and say that, oh, it ain't going to happen because he could quite end up in the 10 car if everything works out. Mm -hmm. But if I'm Ty Dillon, I'm looking, I'm checking myself. I just got outran by Carson Hosovar, has one race in this car, and it was at Gateway, and he was running top 20, 16th before Mm -hmm. he crashed. So, yeah. Yep, I'm with you. So, yeah. Would have liked to seen LaJoy have a better run, but um, when you look at everything that happened, you know, 21st, obviously not the best, but I think I'm with you. I think he completed every lap. He completed every lap. I think it was a good experience for him. Yeah. So, so yeah. But moving on to someone who did have an awesome race, which was the winner, Kyle Bush. Keith hit or miss. Bush winning this race means trouble for the rest of the field when it comes to the championship hit or miss the mark i'm gonna say hit the mark yeah um you probably are getting some confidence man yeah and (laughs) and and when the kyle bush that we all know wakes Mm up yeah we can say the same thing about kevin harvick back before the new car yes when kevin harvick wakes up everybody's screwed and i think the same thing with this this eight group. I think they went through a little bit of growing pains after the first win, second win. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, now they're going to start hitting their stride. And, and if I'm everybody else, I'd, I'd be just a tad bit worried. Yep. I'm with you 100%. I think that Bush is already shown to be one of the contenders for the championship. 
Um, I mean, we we knew that coming into the season, right? No, anybody with half a brain was not going to pick against Kyle Busch. As rough as years he had last year, he was still a contender. That guy, I don't care what he's in, he's always a contender. And now they just popped off their third win. This was a, this wasn't a, you know, they got strong towards the end of the race or, you know, they, they put it together the last 30, 40 laps. This was a, they qualified good. They were up front all day long. They were just dominant. They were dominant. And that to me is scary because Kyle Busch is still got it. I mean, I would consider him still in the prime of his career. Obviously, you know, um, the crew chief, uh, damn it. Why am I, why can I not remember his name? Um, Oh, what the hell is his crew chief's name? Keith. Um, uh, son of a, why can't I remember this? Randall Burnett. There we go. Burnett. Um, you know, he, he got another win with Bush. You know, he had what three last year with Reddick. He's already got three with Bush. Um, they are in the championship, right? They've they're 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 already in the playoffs. They have nothing else that they need to do, and now they can start doing just just straight going for wins, taking chances. You know, rolling the dice, being aggressive because that's all they got. I mean, they they have nothing else that they need to do in terms of you know rate you know points or just get wins get wins and when you've got three you can be way more aggressive and i think that's what we're going to see and uh you know kyle bush is there's very few people that i would take over kyle bush in a one race scenario i mean there really is the guy can just flat drive so yeah i think this is a huge win for them and i really think it's it's trouble for the rest of the field because a confident Kyle Bush is a scary, scary thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's scary. Yeah, so. There's no better way to put yeah, it. I yeah. yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be fun, man. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. So, all right, next, the shifting at Gateway was beyond ridiculous in the Cup Race Sunday. Hit or miss the mark. Well, I think we've both have had a very strong opinion, yes. so I got to say it, it definitely hits the mark. Yes. At a bigger track, when should you ever see anybody shifting to third, downshifting to third to make a corner? Yes. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't. To me, it makes, it makes the racing terrible because I know I can send this off into three, miss the corner, and just downshift mm -hmm. twice and point the nose and take off. Yeah. Yeah, the shifting was insane when we were riding in the end car. And obviously, and we say this all the time, the sim racing world is not the same as the real life world. But, you know, when it comes to the NASCAR cup cars, you know, the iRacing sim is is pretty good. You know, I mean, they use NASCAR data. They work with the teams, you know, improving that. And we were shifting, you know, to fourth in the sim. Um so, I mean, obviously we knew they were going to be shifting when I was riding in car on Sunday and they were downshifting to third. I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked that they were shifting that much. If you remember last year, that wasn't happening unless there was like a mistake or maybe really late in the run. They were only shifting to fourth because remember, you could 
you could rev the engine a whole lot more. So you could run a different gear, carry a whole lot more RPMs in in fifth gear, um, which means you could run a shorter gear. You have more RPMs. You're only having to downshift to fourth. Now, with those things being capped the way that they are, they're having to downshift to third gear. It was insane, man. I could not believe it. Um, it was, I was just like, God dang it. You know, cause I'm, I, I hate the shifting. I hate it. Shifting is for road courses. It's, it should not be for speedways, even a track as unique as gateway. Okay. You should not see that much shifting. It's insane. Right. So yeah, they've got to figure something out with that shifting, man. I don't know how you, I don't know how you fix it. I, we've talked about it so much. I don't know how you fix it. I just know that it sucks. And um, to me, it's one of the things that's really killing these. And Gateway's obviously not a short track, but it races like a short track. You know what I mean? It's basically, you know, it's like, I've always called it, you know, the the mutated version of Darlington, right? It's this egg-shaped track. You have these two very distinct corners. It's not nearly as banked as Darlington, but you know, you've got this one really tight corner and then you've got this one wide sweeping corner and then you've got these two super long straightaways. And it races like a short track even though it's not a short track. And th- that much shifting, it just I don't know, it kills it. Because like you said, it it allows you to wipe away mistakes and short track racing is, is it, it, taking advantage of people's mistakes and not making your own is a big part of it. So yeah, they've got to figure out something with the shifting man. Cause it's just getting absurd. All right. Next up. I heard this in a clip um, from Denny Hamlin's podcast, and I thought it was a really good idea. So he says that NASCAR should run the new tire they have planned for New Hampshire at all of the short tracks moving forward. Hit or miss the mark. Um, If it's a better tire, for sure, hit the mark. If it's a... It's a worse tire. I'd say it misses the mark. I've not heard the clip or seen it, but if it makes the racing better, definitely let's do it. But even then, it can't hurt it any more than what it's already hurt. No, and the so. I sh- I probably should have said that, but um, I guess Christopher Bell was one of the guys who was testing it, and it's it's a little bit faster on the short run, and there's more fall off with it. So, oh, then let's run it. Yes, tomorrow. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it on, on tomorrow yeah. and let's run it. Yeah, when you've got yeah. these guys running these tires the way that they are, where the left, you know, I mean, how many people were just taking two side, you know, right side tires, right? Like, in the last 20 years, go find a race where they were taking two tires and it actually worked 99% of the time. Exactly. It, it people did right sides only, right? Before they did. But it was not nearly as successful as it is now. Right. If you took rights only, it was you were at a track like a Darlington or a Bristol or a Dover or something like that. Somewhere that is abrasive on tires. And you had just got tires 
maybe five, seven laps to four, and now you're trying to just jump up and grab some track position. You're going to gamble, take right sides only, and hope that a caution comes back out in 20, 25 laps, right? Or you're doing a sprint for the, the win. You weren't out there and like, hey man, these lefts have only got 40 laps on them. Let's just leave them and get right sides only. Because that's the type of stuff that we're seeing now. It's insane. Right. If you look at like Kyle Larson, like he jumped up a lot of spots by taking right sides only, and he did not really start falling off till the last few laps of the race. So I'm with you. They these things have got to have some more fall off to him. We've talked about that a lot as well. Um, I am in agreement with Denny Hamlin when Denny Hamlin talks about the short track stuff and he keeps saying it's not an aero issue. I agree because these cars, even though the aerodynamics matter at short tracks, it's not that it's not that big of a deal aerodynamics are not coming into play you know significantly at martinsville you know what i mean like they're just not to me that's more of a mechanical issue a more you know a tire issue get these tires to where they fall off okay these are race car tires they should fall off and fall off dramatically and if you're out there downshifting into third gear and then punching the throttle and it's not spinning and wearing out your tires right to me we've got an issue so yeah i i agree man put it on let's let's just see it at the rest of the tracks on the short track side and uh yeah let's let's get some let's get some tire fall off so we can see some uh some bad some some races some good racing now keep in mind the gateway race wasn't bad okay I'll, let me let me make that clear it wasn't bad there were plenty of things that I liked about it. Um, I thought it was pretty good racing. You know, there was passing there. You saw side-by-side -side action. Um, you know, there were the, the same things that we've seen consistently at other places, right? Clean air, right? Obviously is huge. Track position is huge. Dirty air can really mess you up. Um, the shifting was obviously insane, but it was still pretty good racing overall i i wasn't it's not like i was like god oh, this sucks and it, it was horrible it's pretty good racing i just think there's some room for improvement and it would make it that much better i completely agree yeah yeah completely agree 100 percent. yeah so so yeah we'll uh we'll see if they do that but knowing good year they probably won't they they're not ready to be aggressive yet and so that's that's unfortunate but that's going to do it for hit or miss. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got our dirt track recap, which is going to be awesome because we got Indiana Midget Week and full swing. Plus, last night was night one of the late model dream. So stick around. All right. It is time for our dirt track recap. Uh, first up, Keith, did you happen to see night one of the late model dream, the twin 25s? I have not. I've I haven't watched it either. It I haven't watched it either. Like I said, I've been eyes deep in dirt sim racing um, the last few days. And um, I missed it last night. And part of the reason was I've been watching Indiana Midget Week. So, But last night um, in the Twin 25s, Ricky Thornton Jr. and Tim McCready both got the win at Eldora in night one of the dream um, I got to tell you, man, both Thornton Jr. and McCready have both been good this year. Um, and it doesn't surprise me at all that they got the win. Um, I was, uh, interested to see, um, 
how these guys were going to be doing with uh with this obviously huge huge race they've had uh good starts to the season so far and last night they uh both of them bought it brought it home uh getting the win which shouldn't be a surprise to no, anybody it shouldn't at all um i think them are probably your Tim McCready's my favorite to win the whole dream, I think. Um, and Ricky Thornton Jr. to a point. Um they're they're both really fast when they shove to to these big tracks. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. So yeah, good good start to the to the event for for both of those guys. Now, we've also got midget week underway, and it's been it's been a fun week of racing so far. Uh Keith, have you caught any of these races? Um, I've watched every one other than last night. So night number one was at Tri-State. Um, race gets started. You got Grant and Tim's just throwing sliders back and forth for like the first five to seven laps. It was a really interesting, uh, line at the beginning of the race where basically they were almost throwing sliders so much because that the slider line was really dominant there at the beginning of the race in three and four. And then around lap, what was it? Nine or 10, Danny gets around Grant and he was gone. Uh, Danny just took off, um, you know, 20, 22 laps in, you got Grant and Thomas Jr. battling, and then they bring out a caution, which was uh, a tough break for those guys because they were battling for, I think it was third position at the time. Uh, restart comes out. You got Kofoid throwing bombs at Danny, and Danny fights him off, man, and uh, pulls away, ends up getting the win at Tri State. So nice win for him. Kofoid was right there, uh, but Buddy just couldn't, couldn't make it stick. Um, Night number two, Circle City. I gotta say, I really like Circle City, man. I like that track. That's a you know, I I hadn't seen a whole lot there before this year, and um, I really like it. So it was some good racing. Um, start of the race, Miller got the lead. Kofoid and Tim's right behind him, and then all of a sudden, you've got this battle for third place with Grant, Tim's, and CV battling for third. Um, there's been a ton of just two and three wide action so far in midget week but that's midget racing that's why i love it so much the cars are smaller and you see these battles where these guys are you know two three four wide on these tracks which is just incredible um now as grant tims and cv are battling it out for third miller flips the car man bikes it on the cushion and flips it uh as he was leading which was obviously a tough break for him. That just sucks. So restart. Kofoid's leading. He's got Grant and CV behind him. CV makes pretty quick rant, uh, work of Grant. Um, Grant, Justin Grant kept getting tripped up on the cushion. The cushion was pretty gnarly at Circle City, man. Um, did you notice that, Keith? Those guys kept bouncing off that thing or jumping it. It was it was pretty nasty. And and then the first couple of races this season at Circle City, I think the cushion has always been that way. Yes, um, that, that places elbows up, and and as you're pointing out, the 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 hornet's nest, I'm gonna call it, at Circle City in the midget race was just incredible to watch. Mm -hmm. They were three wide, sometimes four wide, throwing sliders, and it was it was impressive. And I was impressed in that in Miller. I think he's a rookie in the midget week this year, mm -hmm. and and man, he checked out. Yeah, he like, did. He's, he's going to win this race. And then 
as we all know, you make a mistake on the cushion, then sometimes it's not survivable and you're not going to bring the car back. Yep. And it was very unfortunate to see. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, it was a it was a bummer, man, because you got a nice lead there. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen, but he was looking good. And then, yeah, he lost it there. Um, then. 10 laps to go, Circle City, CV and Kofoid are throwing bombs at each other. And those two had really pulled away. And then you had this like four or five car battle for third place with Macintosh, Tim's, Denny, Whiteman, and Grant. They were, I mean, you could have thrown a blanket over them as they were battling for third place. And like two, three laps to go, CV pulls off the track. He's in the lead and he just pulls off the track something wrong and Cole Floyd had like a three second lead over the rest of the field got the win so tough break for Logan Seavey man that was a tough one because he he looked like he was going to have that in the bag um at Circle City but but he got the win so congrats to him um next one Gas City another really good night of racing man um Emerson Axum was strong in the beginning, jumped out to a quick lead over Denny. Um, but then we had a three car battle for the lead. Once again, Axum, Denny and CV all battling. Um, Axum was on the bottom and it was really funny because Denny and CV are doing, they're throwing, it wasn't, they weren't throwing like bombs. They were doing like these little short sliders on each other. Cause Axum was down on the bottom. Like they couldn't get that run. And then CV finally, drives around and gets the lead and he pretty much was pulling away um you get to five six laps to go it's kofoid naxum battling for second place and they're starting to reel in cv and then a caution comes out and cv's two second lead is gone um restart they've got four laps to go buddy bobbles it on the restart which actually helped cv naxum because that allowed them to to kind of pull away and Axum got around CV and they're with two to go because CV jumped the cushion and then coming to the white flag, CV drives around him on the top and ends up getting the win. Did you, did you see that gas city race? Uh, watched bits and pieces. Uh, yeah, it's my last night at work, so I couldn't really sit down and watch it. Yeah, it was good, man. It was a good race. I, I, I felt really bad there for a few moments for Logan CV because I thought he was going to let another win slip away when he jumped that cushion with two to go. Yeah. And, and overall, like Gas City, just in general, whether it's a sprint car race, midget race, um, the place is awesome. It is. It's, it's a cool of, track, man. That's one of the best, better tracks in Indiana that, that the circuits go to and, mm -hmm. and even the weekend warrior stuff at gas city is incredible to watch. Uh, yep. yeah, that place is just my favorite between there and Bloomington. Like yeah. tonight, that, that, yeah. If yep. you've not watched midget week, tonight is the night. Yes. To and watch it. Yep. Yeah. Tonight's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. So, all right. So last night, night number four, which is also buddy Kofoid's last night of midget week. He's not running the whole midget week. So, um, Lincoln Park, Emerson Axum jumps out to an early lead once again, this time over Justin Grant and Wiedemann. Um, Axum's been running up front. He hasn't got the win. He hasn't got a win yet, but he's been running up front pretty much the whole week. Um, now at the beginning of the race at Lincoln Park, everybody is rolling bottom except for like Logan CV. CV was up on the cushion. Everybody else was on the bottom. 
and CV basically drove around those guys and got the lead. Um, about 15, 16 laps ago, uh, Axum gets back out in front and then you've got basically Justin Grant and Buddy Kofoid charging towards the lead, right? Axum gets back out front and here comes Grant and Kofoid charging, uh, 10 to go. <laughs> Buddy is on the cushion and he is flying. He's flying on that cushion and gets the lead with seven or eight laps to go and just doesn't look back, gets the win last night in Lincoln should, shouldn't come to a surprise. No, to it doesn't. It's so, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because if you, if you were to see buddy Kofoid, right. And, and you were just, just, just to see him on the street in street clothes, you would not think he is like this crazy, insane race car driver, right? He looks like he should be teaching, you know, a science class like that. He reminds me of my old science teacher for some reason. I don't know why, but he does. He's, you know what I mean? He's like this. I mean, I, I hate he's to say a, this, but because it's not a bad thing, but he's like this nerd assassin, you know, yeah. <laughs> in a race he car. You know have, what I mean? Like that's how he comes that, across. <laughs> he doesn't have that race car stature. Like, that no, race car he doesn't. Stature. He's not built like a Thomas Meserol where you could look at him and be like, that's a race car driver. driver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you look at like uh, uh, a Justin Grant or a Brady Bacon. Yeah. Like you see those guys, you're like, oh, they're race car drivers. You know what I mean? Like yep. he doesn't look like that. He looks like he just like he should be carrying a briefcase walking to third period science. Like that's what he looks like to me. <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that's what he looks like. And he is we call him, you know, in in jujitsu, they call those guys nerd assassins. And that's what he is in a race car. He is a nerd assassin, dude. Like you get that dude behind the wheel and he is just on the freaking throttle. And it's and insane it to watch, man. And it doesn't matter the type of car. No, it doesn't. He wing car midget. It does not matter. The dude can drive, man. Yeah. He's so good. So yeah, he, he put it on him last night at Lincoln park, man. Capped off a good week for him. Like I said, he's not going to be running the rest of midget week, um, which is a bummer for us as fans. Cause he's, he's phenomenal in those cars. And and I kind of want to spotlight my dude, Thomas Meserol. They've struggled. They've so had a rough week. They've been running this new Angler Ford motor in their midget for midget week, actually for the whole season. And they've kind of, there's been some gremlins with that motor. It's a newer engine mm -hmm. for them. And they kind of, last night they went back to what they, they always ran, the, the TRD Toyota midget engine. And well leave it in the car thomas it and was a better it. better night yeah yeah and then he's back to thomas meserol he's mm -hmm. back to the team that we know and that would be a guy that i'd watch out for tonight tomorrow and yeah i not. think he's gonna have a, a strong finish to midget week. i think he's gonna have something to say now that they got their fresh bullet in the car yeah yeah you know it's funny i was i watched a couple of his videos um in fact when i when i did my review of the dirt midget on iRacing because they update like we talked about they updated all the dirt stuff i used a clip of timez at i can't remember where he was jefferson county or something like that but i was using a, a clip of of his in-car comparing it to the sim 
And it was funny because one of the tracks that he was at, uh, I want to say it was earlier this season, he was running a four coilover car. He actually had coilovers on all four co- corners of the car. That's typically TMS. That's typically their yeah. car. I was I was surprised by that because I've also seen him in the traditional where he's got the two coils up front and the bars in the back. So I was I'm like, I wonder if that's something that they do based on the track or, or you know, because you don't see many coilovers on the rear of dirt midgets. It's mostly uh, bars. Very, rare. very, yeah. rare. very, very, mm-hmm. very, very. So rare. that was interesting when I saw that. I was like, huh, that's different. But you know what? If there was someone that I would pick to go against the green it would be meserol so a hundred percent shocking but then also not very surprising so yeah no hopefully he'll have a a, a stronger finish to uh to midget week because yeah the first the first part of it was was rough man it's been rough for him so uh yeah and and typically if you get if you get team as backed into a corner he's going to come out swinging so with this new bullet i wasn't surprised to see him finish fifth last night um, going forward that that'd be one of the guys and I gotta I gotta shout out my dude Jacob Denny man he is he he's a sim racer too and he races midgets in real life and it, it, it carries over you can't beat him on the sim and he is so damn fast and I gotta give a shout out to him he's leading the midget points the national midget points and I think he'll have something to say before this uh, midget week's over yeah he Denny's been fast this this midget week as well man he's looked pretty good so national points leader I, I, mm-hmm. another guy that i would put the spotlight on if yep. as you're just tuning in and i and i think we all should submit a letter to to the federal government that indiana midget week needs to be a week-long holiday yes i i'm, I'm in agreement yep. <laughs> i'm with you i'm in agreement Give yeah. everybody a week <laughs> off of work paid vacation yep. and let's all let's come all here Take the pilgrimage to Indiana so we can watch the racing. Yep, exactly. So, but that's going to do it for our dirt track recap. Uh, Now wrapping up the show, we have a really interesting three wide, uh, ask three wide question. And if you want to send us a question, uh, you can email us at ask three wide at gmail.com. That's ask the number three wide at gmail.com. And this is from Todd. He said, Tommy Keith, love the pod. He said, I have an interesting question for you guys. And this came to me as I was watching the Dirt documentary on YouTube. So that documentary, uh, Dirt, the last great American sport or whatever it's called. Um, if you've been watching that, they just aired episode four. So it's been on Flow Racing. And um, then they've also been showing it on YouTube. And Fox Sports One and Fox Sports Fox One, Sports yep. One. So and it's awesome. It's phenomenal, and oh, it's, it's pretty much centered around Kyle Larson. So what they've done really so far is is that it's it's pretty much centered around Kyle Larson, and then depending on where Larson's racing, they focus on they'll have another driver or two that they're kind of focusing on. So episode one and two where they're at the Chili Bowl. It was Larson and Justin Grant, right? There was a little bit of team as in there. You had a couple other drivers kind of sprinkled in there, but mostly it was Larson and Justin Grant. They get to Eldora and it's pretty much Larson and Tyler Courtney. Well, episode three and four was really cool for 
us Brian Clausen fans because you got to see the backstory of Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, um, how he came up, right? Where he worked for Brian Clausen. He got the nickname Sunshine from Brian Clausen. And obviously we know what happened with Brian Clausen. You know, me and Keith have talked about it. Uh, Keith, I think you had him as your greatest dirt driver of all time. And I've referred to him as the Bo Jackson of racing, right? Kind of the, the greatest what if in, in dirt racing, because, you know, we just, as good as the dude was, unfortunately, we don't, we can only speculate how good he could be. So Todd asked us, Watching the documentary, it brought up an interesting question for me, and I wanted to ask you and Keith. If Brian Clausen were here today, would he be better than Kyle Larson on the dirt? Thanks. Love the show. So, Keith, I'll let you go first, because I know BC was your man. What do you think? If Clausen was still around, would he be better than Kyle Larson? I'm going to say yes. Uh, I, I think so too, yeah. man. I do. I uh, really do. And that it hurts me to say that because I'm such a Larson fan, but I do, man. When, when we talk about Kyle Larson being this generational talent, you only see one of them sprinkled in very so often. It's very seldom a, a guy with a natural dirt ability comes along that can literally drive everything and anything dirt. Mm-hmm. Brian was that guy before Kyle Larson was that guy. Um, It's almost like Kyle picked up where Brian left off as far as the dirt goes, brought the excitement, brought the, brought the fans in. Cause let's be honest. There's, there's people that were, that are IndyCar fans and they watch dirt racing because of Brian Clausen. Yes. Because the connection. Um, Now, did Brian have all the big opportunities that Kyle's got on the NASCAR side? No, but he had the opportunities. It just happened when Ganassi was bad before yes. they were where they're. I've always said this, and I will continue to say Kyle Larson made Chip Ganassi 10 times better than what Chip Ganassi was. Yeah. Uh, but to, to keep it on the dirt side, I think he definitely would have been. They were just getting their feet wet with the wing stuff. Um, the dude was a was a killer and a midget in a non-wing sprint car. And and I think that's where Brian's got the leg up is it don't matter. It didn't matter how big of a hit he took or how big of a crash he was in. He never threw the non-wing car to the wayside. That was his bread and butter. Yeah. Between the, the midget and the, the non-wing car, anytime they showed up, you could damn near guarantee BC will be on the podium. Yeah, if not, he was, he was good, man. Big at the end of the night and and yeah i just i gotta i gotta say he'd be better i mean he would be i'm sure i'm gonna catch a bunch of black for this but yeah i think i agree man i think one thing that would and obviously we we would never know but i think one thing if we looked at their trajectories in terms of where they were going i don't see clausen you know i know he had had a couple of truck races, I think. Um, but I don't think Clawson would be a NASCAR guy. I think he just always struck me as a dirt guy. And I think that would be an edge that he would have over Larson as Clawson would have, he would be running dirt, you know, 
four days a week. And, um, you know, Larson, you know, you look at the, the run Larson had in, in 2020 when he ran dirt full time and it was incredible It's one of, it's one of the greatest dirt seasons of all time. When you look at the number of wins and that he had the podiums that he had in the number of races, it was insane. What do you win? Like 40 races that year? I mean, it was something ridiculous, right? But Clawson, that guy on dirt, man, he was another level. He really was. I mean, there's a reason why he is, even to this day, years after he's been gone, why people still talk about him. And it's because he was that good. Like I said, to me, he's like Bo Jackson. You know, he's the greatest what if in dirt racing because we could only speculate at how good we think he would be. And I think one edge that he would have is he wouldn't be bouncing back and forth. He would be a consistent dirt driver and he was so talented. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's something I would have, I would love to see. I would absolutely love to see Kyle Larson and Brian Clausen going at it, you know, in a midget. I would love to see that. And, and I think the only thing that we can compare the, the Brian Clausen going at it with Kyle Larson and a midget is Buddy Kofoid and and Larson or Buddy Kofoid and insert mm-hmm. another good midget racer. Yep. Um, so Brian he ran in the Xfinity Series in 2007, 2008 for Ganassi, and like I said, Ganassi yeah. was was not. Yeah, that's right. He did run some Xfinity races too. Yeah. Um. Now that being said, if he was a, a different era of chip ganassi i'm going to insert kyle larson's first couple years Mm -hmm. would they be similar maybe hard to tell but i i truly believe now let's be honest every every professional race car driver wants to go to nascar why because that's where the money's at that's that's exactly that's where the big fame is but when you're a dirt guy it's completely different you go back to where you're from you go back to your stomping grounds and Brian made that his job. That that was his job winning dirt races. And he was really fucking good at it. Yes, he was. <laughs> um, I'm very, very fortunate to, to uh, have known Brian, his dad. And, and I think it is awesome to see what Tyler Courtney has done for Clawson Marshall. Yes. What what the Clawson family has done for Tyler Courtney. Um it's really cool. To to the listeners that are confused by what we're talking to, I, I highly recommend watching watching this dirt documentary. Watch it from episode one. Binge watch the first four episodes. Yeah. Because then you'll get a better a better feel for who and what Brian Clawson was through Tyler Courtney. You could feel the emotion from Tyler Courtney just from watching it. Yeah. Um Tyler was like me and Tommy. We we started just walking around the pits, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's how Tyler got his start. And yep. it's it's awesome. You don't see guys like that anymore. You don't see guys just show up to the shop and and work on these cars and earn a ride the hard way. Yeah. That is the hard way. That that's I think the only other person that's comparable is Chase Briscoe. Yep. Um, and and now you got these NASCAR guys coming out and saying money buys rides. That is yeah. a true fucking fact, and it will always be a fact. Talent will never buy a ride, and that's what Tyler Courtney did. His talent bought that ride, yep. and and they're living on through Brian's legacy. Um, 
And it almost makes you wonder if Brian was in that 7BC wing car, what would it be like? Yeah. Would he be as good? Would he be as fast? I'd almost guarantee he would because Brian's the type of person of he puts all a, all out effort into what he's doing. And in the couple of wing races that I watched, I think it was the Knoxville Nationals, he, he turned some heads. Yeah. Yeah, the dude could drive, man. He could drive, so... Yeah, interesting question, Todd. Uh, thank you for for sending that, that in. Because, that was yeah, a good yeah, that was that's, that's a good a better one. one. Yeah, that was a that was a good one, man. I like it. So yeah, thank you very much for that. And like I said, if you guys want to send in a question, ask us anything. It could be racing related. Hell, it could be I don't know life, whatever. We've had all kinds of questions. But if you want to send us one in, like I said, ask three wide at gmail So that's gonna do it all for the pod this week. Um, I I gotta get going, man. I've already got body shops blowing up my phone. And it's only 8 a.m., but it's Friday. <laughs> Cars have got to go out. So, so we got to get to the rest of the day. But thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Please download, share, subscribe, all that other good stuff. Leave us a rating and review if you like the show. Uh, that would be awesome. But yeah, enjoy the, the weekend of racing. Got Indiana Midget Week wrapping up, plus the late model dream. And we got the cup cars at Sonoma. So a lot of good stuff happening this weekend. So my man, Keith, have a good weekend, buddy. Will do. You do the same. I will. I will. And all of you out there, enjoy the weekend of racing, and we will see you next week. And until then, as always, 